So I, I've been invited to say a few words about what I do and how the foot school has impacted my life. So, you know, what do I do? Well, it seems obvious that I do music, but, you know, things aren't always as they appear. I mean, it is true that music is a part of what I do, but as I see it, my real work and our real work is fighting the powers of evil in the world. You know, maybe fighting isn't the right word. Maybe resisting the powers of evil is a better way of putting it. I don't think fighting anything is the answer. But I do think that there is a lot of negative stuff in the world and that we have the, the potential and the power to come together and overcome some of that negativity. It starts, you know, very small, like, you know, local bullying, you know, road rage, you know, things like that. And, and that's, as I see it, what our work is really all about. You know, the music is a vehicle, but we're really here to try to make the world a better and a more peaceful place. So, you know, in a literal sense, sure, uh, you know, my goal, one of my goals and one of our goals as a choir community is to help people become more confident singers and more comfortable with the sound of their unique voice and, and willing to share that unique voice in, in a larger context. But on a deeper level, finding one's most positive voice in life is really what we're trying to do. You know, the world is broken. The world is really messed up. And our goal is to be the antidote to all of that. You know, that is our highest calling. You know, humanistic goals supersede the musical and the artistic goals. Uh, so, you know, really, it's, it's less about the music and more about things like instilling positive values, building a diverse and loving community, fostering creativity and empathy, and empowering people to become the best citizens, leaders, and human beings that they can be. Of course, this is very much in line with what Foot School is, is striving to do, and it's so clear to me that, that this value system that is at the heart of United Choir School and the Elm City Girls Choir and the Secular Choir Foundation and the many organizations with which I have the privilege of working, you know, that value system grew directly out of the things that I learned here at Foot School and from the, the wider village of people and institutions that helped to raise me, uh, including notably, as Tina mentioned, the Trinity Choir of Men and Boys, Walden Moore, who I'm, I'm very um, touched is here today with us, uh, and, and of course my family, uh, you know, my, my, my mom and dad and my brother, and, 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 and all of the other folks who uh, have, have instilled, instilled those values and helped me to see uh, the potential that we have to uh, make a difference, you know, in each other's lives and in the world. Uh, Foot helped me also, I think, to develop a strong sense of self uh, and to find my voice, both my singing voice and also my voice as a human being. I think that Foot, I, I know uh, from personal experience that Foot does an incredible job of of helping all of its students. Uh, even those who, who march to the beat of a different drummer, as, as I do, and, and who color outside the lines, as I do, uh, to, to discover the unique voices and identities that reside within their cores. So Foot is really helping its students to be true to themselves and to become proud of their individuality. Foot taught me to love myself and not be afraid of who I am, even though I'm quirky, eccentric, and extremely unconventional. 
So how was I unconventional when I was a student here? Well, uh, it's probably easy to guess that I was obsessed with music. So there was always a song going on. Actually, John Lieber, my classmate, where's John? Hey, John. So John reminded me that I was singing songs about shaving cream uh, back, back in the day. And there was always some song. There was the Band-Aid commercial. And there, you know, there were a lot of songs. Uh, and in class, it was the same way. You know, There would be some discussion going on about uh, you know, earth science. And is Mr. Uh, Cunningham here, John Cunningham? Uh, anyway, Tina, I believe Tina, Tina's, Tina's husband. Anyway, he, he was uh, my favorite earth science teacher ever, by the way. But, you know, in his class, I would be whistling, you know, or humming a tune or whatever while he was talking to us about, you know, the, I don't know, the volcanic uh, whatever it was. And, you know, I was just, you know, music going on in my head. That, that's just who I am, I guess. Um, but, you know, Foot taught me that unconventional is okay. Um, you know, I... In addition to you know, having music going through my head, there are other ways in which I was unconventional. So one example uh, was in the third grade, at Lisa Totman's uh, third grade class. I sat uh, Mrs. Totman down along with my parents. It's kind of early on in the year. I think it was like October or something. I said, listen, guys, we have a problem, okay? Let me explain what's going on here. Last year, math class was after lunch. And so I could concentrate because you know, my belly was full and everything. But this year, you know, math class is like at 1130 or something. I cannot possibly concentrate on something like math when I'm that hungry. So I'm going to need a large roast beef sandwich at like 10, 15 in the morning, like while everybody else is having their graham cracker snack, I need a roast beef sandwich. And that does not take the place of breakfast or lunch. That's in addition to breakfast and lunch. And you know what they said? Okay, no problem. And I kid you not, it's a true story. For my entire third grade year, my parents packed me an extra roast beef sandwich in addition to a full lunch. And Mrs. Totman understood that when she was passing out the graham crackers, I was going to have my roast beef sandwich. And sure enough, I actually performed uh, pretty well, if I do say so, in math class that year, which would not have been the case had they not listened to my concerns and had I not listened to my grumbling belly and, and thought that it was okay and even perhaps appropriate uh, to sit them down and be like, guys, there's a problem and it's right here and we got to solve it. So, uh, you know, but they were, they were open to that. Um, one more example of, you know, my unconventional behavior in the sixth grade, uh, again, true story, I wore a, a tie and sweater vest to school every single day of the, uh, you guys remember this? <laughs> Literally, tie and sweater vest, sixth grade, every day. Foot does not have really a particular dress code. It certainly isn't a tie and, and but, you know, I, that's what I wanted to wear. And nobody really said too much about it, I guess. I got teased a little bit, but I, you know, I enjoyed it, I guess. Um, so, you know, here at Foot, I learned that unconventional is really just another word for creative and interesting. Um, and, and that certainly aligned with what my parents taught me. Um, a closely related tenet, you know, of Foote's philosophy is that diversity is a beautiful thing and that it is worthy of celebration. Uh, and I know Wick, you know, mentioned this as well, and it's, it's hard to look around this room and see, you know, the flags of the world and, and just, um, it, it's so clear that this place really believes in diversity. As a matter of fact, I, I looked at the website and it is one of only two schools in, in the entire region that I could find uh, where diversity actually has its own uh, heading, it's the, it's the biggest thing you see at the top of the website. It's an entire main menu item is diversity and inclusion on the Foot website. Now, one other school, if you're curious, is St. Thomas Day School up the street. And, you know, so bravo to those two schools for saying this is important, and, and they, really, they really mean it. Um, 
Foote understands that embracing diversity is about more than just serving students of, of various cultural, racial, and socioeconomic backgrounds. It certainly does that. But it's also about acknowledging and affirming a wide range of learning styles, attitudes, and ways of looking at the world. And I can attest to the fact that, that Foote values this because here's confession time. Okay, I see Bob Sandine there in the back. So Bob came up to me before, and, and uh, do you mind if I, if I relay what, okay. So Bob was the head of the lower school when I was in the lower school, and I spent more than a few uh, occasions in his office, um, actually, and, and he came up to me today, gave me a big hug, and said, you know, Tom, you were one of the biggest rascals I ever, uh, you know, I've ever taught in all my years, uh, but I always believed in you. And, and, and that was so clear throughout all of the, you know, uh, misdeeds and, and uh, antics that sent me to, to Bob's office. He was always nurturing. He always sent the message that, you know, it's okay. You're an individual and you kind of do things your own way. And, and, that's, and that's great. I believe in you and I know that uh, you're going you're you know, to turn it around. You're not always going to be this little snot that you are today. <laughs> so... Um, I was not a model student here at, at Foot. I think the best description is probably what Bob said, a ra I was a rascal, uh, or, or perhaps a, a little bit more of a euphemism. I was a challenging student from a disciplinary standpoint. Uh, so, uh, you know, th this is definitely the first official award I have ever received from the Foot School. <laughs> It is not, though, the first time that I have distinguished myself. I think I probably earned several unofficial titles from the faculty, like biggest class clown, uh, most obnoxious student in my entire grade, and uh, perhaps most likely to drive my teachers crazy or even cause them to consider changing professions. I also suspect that I was probably one of the only, if not the only, fourth grader in the school's history to have the word legalistic appear in my report card. It said something like, Thomas shows, you know, great intellectual potential. However, his tendency to engage in legalistic arguing, both with his classmates and with me, is a constant distraction and disrupts class every single day. Not one of my finer moments, fourth grade, but we survived. Uh, so I, I do have one other little story about my antics that, that, that I want to tell, and I, I know my, my time is, is probably beyond up at this point. Um, I just want to rattle off a couple of principles, you know, that, that, that I learned here uh, and from the village, uh, Walden and the Trinity Choir and, and my parents and family. Um, the, the most fundamental principle, I, I guess, or, or one fundamental one, is that conventional wisdom isn't always right. Things are not always as they appear to be. So conventional wisdom says that a rock is just a rock, right? But Michelangelo pointed out that, in fact, a rock is a beautiful work of art. It's a beautiful statue. And that Michelangelo could see, maybe what many others couldn't see, that there was that statue. And all that needed to happen was to etch away the parts that didn't belong. And then all of a sudden, this incredibly beautiful thing emerged. And Foote believed in me. You know, they, they saw within me, and, and Bob, again, Bob's comment earlier uh, is a testament to that. You know, Foot saw within me the potential to become something more than just that obnoxious, difficult child that I appeared to be at that time. You know, and more generally, I, I know that Foot believes in the practice of non-judgment, looking deeper than the superficial surface level of things. Foot believes that conventional wisdom isn't 
always right. And that ties in with a lesson I learned about leadership. Conventional wisdom says that leadership is about things like having lots of authority and a prestigious title and, and driving a fancy car and telling other people what to do. But Foote taught me that true leadership has nothing to do with those things. It isn't about wielding power or becoming rich and famous or having a bunch of underlings or living in a huge mansion or, or, or building a big tower and putting your name on it. And it certainly isn't about putting other people down to make yourself feel more important. That's what bullies do. And being a leader is the opposite of being a bully. Foot and the rest of my village taught me that the most important thing that we as leaders and human beings can do in this life is to be kind, loving, and respectful towards everyone. Not just the people who look like us or talk like us or, or even think the way we do, right? And not just those who have the same sort of gender identity or sexuality or political views or religious beliefs. Because deep down, we're all made of the same stuff. And that is the most important thing that I learned here at Foot. And I certainly wish that some of our nation's leaders had gone to Foot because maybe they would have learned that lesson too. A lesson about education that I learned, conventional wisdom says that the point of education is to fill students' brains with knowledge and information. But at foot, I learned that the real goal of education, the goals, I guess, are to foster creativity, passion, and to instill a lifelong love of learning, and to help students to become authentic, creative, thoughtful, open-minded, empathetic human beings. Conventional wisdom says that it's extremely important to follow the rules. Well, foot says... And Bob Sandin would always say, you know, rules have their place, but so do questioning authority and standing up for what you believe, especially if you don't think the rules make any sense. And I did that quite a bit, I think, during my time here at Foot. Uh, conventional wisdom says it's great to fit in, very important. Foot says, you know, fitting in is fine, but standing out is also great. Uh, and, and here's maybe the, the biggest one of all that I, I feel is directly relevant to the, the work that that we in the choir community do, which is that children, in conventional wisdom says, children are not nearly as wise or capable as adults, and that they usually have no idea what is best for themselves. Foot school in my village taught me that young people are capable of incredible things and can be at least as wise as adults, that they deserve to be respected and taken seriously regardless of their age, that we should always listen and never condescend and this particular lesson has really informed my work and values a tremendous amount. The goals in United Choir School are to empower choristers to be leaders, conductors, independent musicians, teaching musical literacy, thoughtful, critical thinking. I mean, the choristers in our program actually run the program. And I know that sounds impossible, but it's actually true. It's bizarre. It defies conventional wisdom. It's weird but we have 32 choirs in the United Girls Choir Network, and we do probably close to 100 concerts every year. And the vast majority of those concerts are conducted largely, if not exclusively, by members of the choir, students as young as eight or nine years old. And that's what we do because it is completely possible just because nobody else does it that way doesn't mean that it doesn't make all the sense in the world. So my quick other story 
Um, somebody's going to give me the axe, I know, right? Yeah, okay. So real quickly, I was in Mr. Perrine's um, seventh grade uh, history class, U.S. history class, and you guys probably remember this. It was in a classroom overlooking Loomis Place. And as usual, uh, one day, you know, I was doing what I tended to do, which was staring out the window and not paying any attention to what was being discussed in class. And this particular day, I think the topic was the, the three branches of government in the United States. But, you know, not hearing a bit of it, music going on in my head, looking out the window. And this day, I was just fixated. I mean, I was staring out that window. There was something out there that was really intriguing to me. And Mr. Perrine, it was very clear to him and probably the rest of the class that I was totally zoned out. My mind was out the window, but they were carrying on with the class discussion. So Mr. Perrine kind of called me out toward the end of the class. Bell was about to ring, and he said, <clears throat> Todd. Why don't you uh, just review for us the three branches of government and, and share your insights on what we've been discussing today? So, of course, I'm like, uh, I thought on my feet, and I, I came up with what I thought was kind of a clever response. I said, oh, dude, Mr. Perrine, like, I, you know, I don't really know much about the branches of government or anything, but I can tell you a whole lot about the branches of that tree outside the window over there, because I've been checking it out this whole time. I mean... There's some like awesome squirrels out there and they're like jumping from one branch to the other and like circling around the trunk of the tree and like leaping over to the, to the, to the telephone wires. There's got to be like five of them. I think it's some kind of weird mating ritual or something. Like check it out. The, Mr. Perrine was the head of school. He was the headmaster. And you know, here I was being a completely obnoxious twerp, but he did something very unconventional. What one might have expected was him to say, Tom, that's so disrespectful. You know, leave the class or see me at the end or that's going to be a detention. No, he smiled. And he said, oh, really? There's some squirrels out there? Let me see. He walks over to the window, peers out. Sure enough, he sees the squirrels dancing around in there. He says, hey, everybody in the class, come on over. Let's, let's check out the squirrels. So the whole class now comes over to the window. We're all looking out. And sure enough, you know, these squirrels are going bananas out there. And... Mr. Prine kind of got the last laugh and did something incredibly artful and, and I think telling about his philosophy and, and, and again the philosophy of the whole school, which is that, you know, just as the bell rang, he said, okay, everybody's homework assignment for next time is to review the three branches of government. Tom, that includes you. You know, you want to review that or learn it in your case. And, uh, but I also have a special assignment for you, Tom which is uh, do a little research and come back and at the beginning of next class, give us a little presentation on what squirrels have to do with American history. I mean, just totally brilliant. So he kind of made me the hero of the day, which I thought was like, I was not expecting, of course. But what it did was it sort of sent this message that like squirrels are cool and like it's okay that I was completely not doing what I should have been doing, just paying attention. That was self-evident. He didn't need to drive that point home. Everybody knew that. The point he wanted to make was that I'm okay. You know, Tom is okay, even though he's kind of marching to the beat of a squirrel instead of the branches of government. So uh, in closing, I promise, uh, I think that every school tells a story to its students. You know, some schools tell a story that sounds like, you need to work really hard so you can get good grades and then get into a good college. Right? Or some schools might say, Oh, yippee-doo for you! You're very, very smart! Yeah! Woo! You're so smart! Right, foot school does not say either of those things. Foot school's message is something more like, hey, what's on your mind? What's cool in your world? And things like, 
If you pursue your passion, you can accomplish anything you can dream up. Foot is ultimately, I think, about respect. Respecting the dignity, individuality, and inherent worth of every human being, both the conventional ones and the unconventional ones. Thank you, Foot, and thank you to my village for helping me to find my rather unconventional voice and for supporting me in doing my best to help others to find their voices. Thank you.